0: Hey, it's Dorinda Medley, and today I am on Hollywood Raw, promoting my book, Make It Nice, sold everywhere books are sold, and I'm ready to tell you all about Dorinda Medley in all ways and every way. Hope you're going to love it, and you're going to learn more about me. And laugh.
1: All right, guys, this episode is sponsored by HerdApp Marketings. Now, you've heard us talk about the HerdApp Media team and all the reasons we chose to work with them and how far the Hollywood Raw podcast has come in the last few months with much more in the pipeline that we're very excited about. But HerdApp Media is only one part of the HerdApp organization.
2: Let us say one of the reasons we chose HerdApp, it was their reputation as one of the premier search engine optimization agencies out there. Search optimization, uh, for those of you who don't know, is the practice of optimizing your uh, website, podcast, YouTube views, or anything else to be found as high as possible in the Google search results. Heard at marketing servers, the marketing needs of companies of all sizes from mom and pop shops to S&P 500 corporations. They work with nearly 3000 business locations in 43 states. And this was the tipping point in the decision for the Hollywood Raw.
1: So we knew that growing Hollywood Raw meant partnering with a media company that also had a full marketing arm. And that's what at Marketing brings to the table. So at Marketing is not just SEO. They are a full service marketing agency with literally every service under one roof. There is nothing outsourced to partners like a lot of the other businesses big agencies do and we mean everything social media marketing web design content marketing video production branding creative seo sem local seo all the SE whatever's they have (laughs) the team in house to meet your needs and ours
2: yeah that's why you see our tiktok blowing up uh we're getting ready to launch a whole new website and they are the power behind the news stories that we found on our website they literally do it all for us and they can do the same for you. So if you have a company that needs more customers or know somebody who needs new customers, you know by now that the internet is where you're going to find them. And at Marketing is the company that will get you found more often than your competition. Online at herdatmarketing.com. That's H-U-R-R-D-A-T, marketing.com. Or give them a call at 877-662-4443. What's
1: up, bud? What up, man? Oh, today's a good
2: one. It's a a big one. We got a good one today. Dorinda from Real Housewives of New York is on the podcast, talking housewives, her new book, uh, and everything more. She's she's a fun one. I've seen her out in New York City, dude. Did I ever tell you about my Dorinda story? No, 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 no. So this was like during last summer. All of a sudden, she put on her Instagram story that she was at this restaurant. I ran into the restaurant and I had my, you know, this is right when she left housewives, and. I watched her. I, I mean, this sounds very weird, but I, I was crushing. I was watching her at dinner. That's and she creepy. was like,
1: should you be telling the story right before she comes on?
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll we're not talk about this. She's going to be
1: like, uh, weirdo. Yeah, I know, but I did I keep see, telling me.
2: I, I, I did see her and she was like, the life of this restaurant it was at a very popular famous restaurant and like everyone knew she was and she was so good to everyone at the restaurant she was so cool and so nice and like talking to everyone and made sure everyone in the restaurant had like a great experience and uh, i think that's what she's good at she's good at just like having fun you know she's just got this great energy and great vibe and she's a great reality star you know she knows what she's doing
1: she's doing i heard a rumor that she's actually at uh bluestone manor right now oh She's no way calling to us from bluestone manor so i'm pretty excited
2: very cool very cool well uh i'm excited to talk to her uh before you uh before we get to her guys the best thing to do to support this podcast is leave a review five star only uh and uh, actually if you do read Help us uh, climb
1: the charts we're, yes we need it we're climbing we, slowly we need
2: it and if you leave <laughs> a review we will read your review live on air dax do you have a review for us
1: i got one for us all right It is by fashion law. One, two, three headline says must listen podcast person wrote. I look forward to each new episode. The interviews are the best, highly recommended. Well, thank you. Fashion law. One, two, three. I appreciate Thank you.
2: No, honestly, uh...
1: honestly, we, we joke guys. It really does mean a lot to us. We read through these reviews. We appreciate them. It really does help with iTunes and uh, that kind of like the discovery process. It puts our show in front of people that may not have listened. So thank you.
2: Exactly. Thank you again. Uh, and if you haven't listened to our podcast, we've had some pretty cool guests. I mean, we always mm-hmm. talk to all different parts of Hollywood. You know, if well, everyone about from this.
1: I mean, this is a we have a former Real Housewife coming on. But if you want to listen to other I mean, who else have we had on? We've had on Heather Dubrow in the past. We've I had mean, we've on had so many, dude. Uh, it's uh, what's her name? Uh, Leah McSweeney.
2: Leah McSweeney. We've had uh, Sorry, man, Cameron Westcott. On, we've uh, had on, Cameron on, Westcott. On, we've yeah. had uh, I mean, we've had so many. We've done so we many have hundreds many, of episodes. Halfway. So, I mean, we've all have people like that. Then we have people like Tony Robbins. We have people like Mike the Situation. We have people from Vanderpump. You know, it's all fun, it's all cool. And um, we always try to get right into the dirt of everything. And that's what we try to do on this podcast. It's and, really going-
1: and we like playing games. So if you guys have never been a part of fan question roulette, uh, we'll be playing this here in a little bit with Dorinda. Uh, but it's basically you submit a question. You don't know who the celeb is, but you videotape yourself, say your name, where you're from, and just ask a question. It could be anything you want a celeb to answer. Send it in to us. You can DM it to us on IG. You can email it to us, go to our website, um just get us the video our producers will drop it in so we're not even hearing it before we play it live for the celeb but it's always like a really fun game to play so we'll be playing fan question roulette with Dorinda or if you want to leave us a message you can call our our hotline 833-HWR line 833-HWR line leave us a message and hey if you don't want to be on camera but you want to leave one Leave it there, and we will play it for the celeb at that point, too.
2: Yes. Yes. Thank you, Dax, for that. <laughs> With that said, on to our guest of the day. Dax, is uh-huh.
1: our guest? It's a big one. So our guest today is an energetic, fun, and fan-favorite reality star from the Real Housewives of New York franchise. And now is an author of the book, Make It Nice. Dorinda Medley, welcome. So, Hi. I want to get
2: into first, Dorinda. Thank you for coming on the Hollywood Raw podcast. I, I first want to get into something very, very important with you, something that's very uh, newsworthy um, that we've been seeing on the tabloids right now. I want to ask you about Hellman's Mayo. Um, you are a big fan. <laughs> I don't know why I got into Mayo. Do
0: you know, Hellman's Mayo is my favorite thing ever.
2: Is, is it
1: really? Is Do you know what, one really- thing,
0: that I, you, I swear to God, this is true. It's so funny you say this. Whenever we play, if there's one thing you could bring on a deserted island, what would it be? Hellman's Mayo. I could eat it with, I can't think of a thing that Hellman's Mayo isn't good at. I actually can't.
1: (laughs) You know what I love? Adam, before you joined us, I was sitting here talking to Rinda. Did you know, dude, she's, like, actually packing the boxes with her books to send out to people. Like, she is putting the personalized touch on all these books that she's sending to her friends and family. I love that, Dorinda. There's not a lot of people that would do that.
0: Because you know what? You go through. I I was showing them the box I did. I did this whole gift box, right, which I worked very hard on. I had a thing. And then I did the inside. And I thought, you know what? I have to put a personalized note because you go through all that effort, and then they're going to open it up. But if you see a personalized note, it's like hosting and doing anything. If you personalize it, people feel obligated to fall in love with it.
1: So, how many how many boxes are you personally packing right now with a letter? Like, how much time are you putting into this uh, like big book release? We have one
0: hundred and fifty-five.
1: Okay, and and they're going out to all your friends, all the My people friends you know,
0: and, and influencers, and people that have supported me, and people that. You know, I'm very lucky because when I first started The Housewives, I had a bunch what people don't realize about this. I remember Reza said something to me at the Upfronts when we used to go to Upfronts. He said, now you're part of the Bravo family. Now what's weird to the rest of the world is normal to us. And I didn't get it, right? But there is sort of this thing where the the Bravo people all come around. you, And people don't realize it. Well, at least from my experience, I have a lot of great friends from all the franchises that are always very supportive. And I think that's what's so sad about BravoCon not being on this year because you go and it's like you see your extended, I mean, call it Bravo family, call it mafia, I don't know. But it, it definitely is something. We we have a little inner sanctum secret than none of the rest of the world because we get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So a lot of it, I'm sending you know to all my Bravo family.
1: Here, I got a question. Does Oprah get a little gift book?
0: Listen, I'm gonna try, okay? I'm gonna try. I don't know if we'll get to her, but I'm gonna try. The note, I'm gonna try. I gotta think really hard about what I write on that one.
1: Dorinda, I'm—I don't want to say anything, but. Adam knows Oprah pretty well. I'm just throwing it out
0: there.
2: Uh, oh, oh, Oprah's a friend, you
0: know. But, uh, <laughs> well, you give, me some... your, give me your direct address
2: then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's so interesting? So the the new book, Make It Nice. Uh, congratulations on that again. It's uh, it's pretty exciting. I feel like the title of the book is like so important. So like so crazy. Like you probably have all these title ideas to go in your head, and you want to make it something good. You want to make it something that stands out because it's something that's going to be a part of you for the rest of your life. How how difficult was it to kind of name your book uh, make it nice
0: i don't think listen that's it that's a stamp in my life i can't go anywhere in the world now without somebody yelling out make it nice i do not go through a day without something yelling out. i was i was in london before the pandemic i was on my way to south africa and i was like oh my god i was checking into the barclay i thought because i lived in london for so many years i thought well i'm back here i'm not that person i'm now this person and literally i i, I kid you not someone drove by the Barclay and said, make it nice. I thought, <laughs> this is it. I told my daughter that on my epitaph, I want them to put, she made it nice <laughs> the seven. So you might i follow I... me right through because make it nice is not a statement. It's a sentiment really. And mm-hmm. it was a sentiment when I said it. And it's just a sentiment. I think about how you post and run your life and treat your friendships and, how you go about the way you do things. And we've all been there where we just try to make it nice, make it nice. And then you have that frustrating moment like I did on TV where I'm like, I made it nice! You know, you just have to... It's that thankless moment. So I think of it more as a sentiment more than I think of it as a title, you know? And people get it. They relate it to me. It's stuck now. That and that well bitch will follow me forever.
1: <laughs> I think if okay, I was going to have a book I, and people are going to be yelling stuff out at me, I'd be like... I'd name a book like "Great Ass" or something. So people are like, "Hey, Great Ass!" And then I feel really good everywhere I'm walking around.
0: With all the things I did in the world, with all the places I lived and people I meet, meet, have met, the two, maybe even three, it's make it nice, not well, bitch, and clip. I, I can't get away. From it. I just so can't.
1: What What made you want to do a book in general? I mean that that's kind of a big undertaking, and you know, Well, it's it was all revealing. About,
0: you know, listen. For me, it was definitely an undertaking. I always say that Richard, when Richard, Richard was a huge writer. My late husband, he like, just wrote all the time and a prolific writer. So is my daughter. She's an academic and she loves to write. I don't know if anyone loves to write, but she engages in it, you know, very ferociously. And I said to Richard once, I'll never forget we we're coming back from a cocktail party, and I was had I didn't want to go at first and there was all these sort of council of foreign relations pe- people and I had just killed it. Like once and I remember saying to Richard, I am so interesting. Like look at your wife. I could talk about anything and I could I don't know what half of what these people were talking about tonight at the council, but I somehow engaged them because that's who I am. I said, you know what? I'm so interesting, Richard, that I think I too am gonna be a writer. He literally guffawed. He didn't just laugh. He laughed at me. He said, Dorinda, you like people too much. You like it. I would listen to you talk about laundry, but you don't know how to keep quiet enough to write a book because you do, you have to be very in silence to write a book. No one's there to respond to it. So you write something and there's no response. I'd like immediate response, a laugh, a, a comment, an interaction. And, um, So it was really, it wasn't undertaking, but I had the time, I just was put on pause. It was the pandemic and I was back at Bluestone Manor and there was really no, there weren't a lot of distractions, right? So I was here and I really treated it like a job and I thought, Simon & Schuster came to me and said, do you want to write, a, you know, want to write a book? And they'd actually come to me before I even was put on pause. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do it if I'm filming. I don't know how I'm going to do it if I'm engaged in life. you got to sit still. I don't sit still. You know, that's not sort of my thing. Um, but all of a sudden, I was back at Blue Star Manor, you know, two miles, three miles away from where I grew up and going through my baby albums and my yearbooks and my weddings and my being with my parents and eating the food that I ate when I was twelve again. You know what I mean? And it just kind of was a full circle moment. And I thought, you know, I'm I'm gonna do this. And Hannah was a huge help to me because she was home. And it just, it was very kismic. It just all worked out. It seemed correct. The timing seemed correct. Yeah. And also too, you know, when you're on a show and It's very hard for people think they know you, but they can only show parts of you. And obviously there's some six, seven of us and you see this, whatever it is, hour once a week. But I wanted to connect the dots a little bit, like why I love to host. Why when I say I lived all these places? What did what did that mean? That there is a first husband that's Hannah's father, you know, my relationship with Richard just i wanted to follow the breadcrumbs a bit because i think people kind of knew me a little bit but didn't understand the bigger picture of it and i'm hoping that people now kind of get it a little more
2: so we're talking to you you are right now at bluestone manor correct ta-da.
0: well look at it's a it's look at there's the back of the book and there's the painting
2: <laughs> <laughs> i mean I like that. <laughs> what is the appeal of it though like for people who aren't familiar with it of the berkshires what why do you love it so much me, why me, would people
1: love I, it? i'm from california i don't understand it so you tell why do you know what i'll tell you what i think
0: it is it's a funny thing first of all obviously being on the show it's it's had so many incredible moments but it is a magical place you know listen it's 119 years old it was it's, it's an old stanford white house It's definitely of a different era. I've sort of gone with that look. And even though it's renovated, it's really restored. It definitely has, it's a dense feeling of history. It's almost like a living thing. And I think just the whole show and everything have almost made it like an urban myth of it. You know, I've kind of become like Cinderella in the castle. Because I know even a lot of times I'll do the Zoom. And people will come up You're like, oh, my God, you're there. I'm like, well, yes, it's a real place. Like, it's not <laughs> a film set. Like, I actually live here, and I'm very passionate about it. I mean, you know, I live here. I entertain here. I just feel like it really it engages me. You know, everything I love to do is about the house and the family and Bluestone Manor and hosting and having people over and having people. It's a very English way of doing things. I mean, it's not at all... It's definitely more English countryside way of living, you know, dinner parties than it is sort of the Hamptons thing where you go out and stuff. So I think people just kind of fall in love with it. It's cozy. It's yeah, a and cozy I, place. And I, and, I,
1: and I saw that you were doing this whole Airbnb thing where you're kind of like renting it out That's and it's coming nice up time. in the next couple of days. Does that make you nervous at all to have people in this place that is your sanctuary?
0: Well, I mean, it's not like I'm renting out. It's a, it's a night. It's, you know, it's a one-night thing. I think people think I'm renting it for like a week. It's more of an experience, and obviously, it's very curated. And, you know, it's not like people are running rampant in my bedroom. So it's a very <laughs> curated thing. Not really. Because, you yeah. know, I people, listen, if I can have all those girls up here for four nights, I can certainly have someone here for 12 hours.
1: <laughs>
0: what I mean, if- let's put it in perspective.
1: So do you think, though, if this goes well, could you see yourself doing this more down the road? Because, I mean, the place is so famous and people want to see it that I could see I this. I can get
0: my too. head around this experience. You know, they, they come at 4 and leave the next day at 10. And it's sort of a, a curated thing that's got a lot of rules and regulations. Um, but I just, I think people will, I think they'll just love to see it i think people have a mad love affair with bluestone manor i'm going to tell you the truth when i was put on pause people were like no more bluestone manor what about me no literally there was an outcry because it was such a big part of the show and so many things happened that i think and then people miss len i kind of got lost in the whole mix of it um because it's almost like a living breathing character and i I like people. house is meant to be lived in. It's not a precious house. I know it may look like a precious house, but we use every room. We use all the China. It's a use, it's a user friendly house. I'm in my kitchen. I know I have a precious, precious kitchen. You know what I mean? So, um, what's going to happen? And I want people to walk away from it and kind of, I want to hear the stories. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So the thing with Airbnb, you can leave reviews. Have you left a negative review or has someone left a negative review?
0: On
1: Airbnb? Yeah. Well, not
0: yet. This I've is going to be the first one. Airbnb.
2: Oh, so they, they haven't done that yet. Well, are you nervous about like what you – someone would – I feel like if Dorinda's in the house, someone's going to leave like a gift for you. Like I could see someone like leaving vibrators <laughs> out for you to just come in like, oh, and just like leave your toys or shit like that. Let no, them I think leave that,
0: them. That's fine. <laughs>
1: I mean, i'm so you know, i'm so the fascinated by this whole thing is
0: they'll do like the main room and the and the sort of downstairs but the upstairs is sort of you know the house is sort of broken up into parts so there's just certain parts that they'll be able to use i mean everybody wants to stay in the fish will you,
1: will you will you be there at that time to just kind of make sure everything no. goes smoothly oh so you're out you're like nope you do your thing
0: you know it's not like airbnb started this yesterday they're very you know they got you because I'll tell you the truth when they first approached me I couldn't kind of get my head around it but you know it is a, it's sort of a it's two one night experiences I'm gonna be away just promoting the book like nonstop mm-hmm. and it's not you know they know what they're doing and they they are very professional so I don't know I'm not worried about it at all I really trust in them we've worked on this a long time you know it's it's we kind of decided to you know make it a number that we're gonna give obviously the Ronald McDonald house. So a lot of people could to could possibly come. I mean, I don't think they expected such a huge outcry. Even Airbnb, I don't really think got their head around it. Because unless you're sort of really engaged in the show and really engaged with the myth, you know, I don't think you know, they really understand. The girl, called one of the women from it, Aubrey called me and said, "Oh my god, I mean, this is outrageous." I, I, I said, "Yeah, welcome to welcome to Disneyland." <laughs>
1: So Dorinda, if you could do an Airbnb at anyone else's house, who would you rent out if the if the money was going to a good cause? But whose house would you want to stay a night at?
0: At that's a housewife.
1: That's a. Housewife. It doesn't have to be a housewife. Anyone.
0: Um. Well, I think that I would probably stay if a non-housewife. Of course, I would love to stay at Buckingham Palace.
1: Ooh, that'd be a good one.
0: I would love to spend the night at Buckingham Palace, and if it were a housewife, I'd like to stay probably at Lisa Vanderpump's.
1: Okay.
2: All right. Uh, she, uh, yeah, she's got a pretty cool place. She's got like the wild animals going on. Speaking of Buckingham Palace, were you friends with Princess Diana?
0: I wasn't friends. I mean, that we got I I'd be well, I knew her. You gotta remember when I lived in London for nine years, everybody thought I looked like her. So people would always call me her doppelganger. And we both worked out at the Harbor Club. And Sophie, um one of uh, someone that married uh, Sophie who married uh Prince uh, Edward. God, I can't even get it straight. I lived in Colhorn Court and Bolton's near me, and it just was, you got to remember back then, London was very, was much smaller, and we didn't have phones and internet and Instagram, so we all kind of knew each other socially, and I was super lucky because my DCL cashmere clicked in with a very interesting group of women, a lot of Lord and ladies, and it just kind of happened, it fell upon us, so she used to work at the Harvard Club. I used to see her at events I'd go to. She said to one day, oh God, I finally bought my doppelganger because people really, in my younger years, I used to say I looked like her. And then, yeah, one day she just bought my cashmere and then I saw her wearing it and I was like, that's odd. And that was sort of my claim to fame, but it's not like I was hanging out and having lunch with her. I mean, would she say hello to me if she saw me? Absolutely. But I wasn't you know, exactly hanging out in bed with her, you know, <laughs> shooting the stories and gossip.
1: That, that's amazing. Did,
0: but the did sweetest you... person, the kindest person, and very, um, she had like an, an innocence about her.
1: So yeah. I want to know: do you, Did you do you watch like The Crown or anything? Because what are I'm are always you fascinated with. I live
0: with... for all that stuff. <laughs> know, I, I want to know though how I accurate. I'm self-park British because after living there for almost ten years and ra- you know, I raised the big part of Hatton. Adam's first seven years, and my husband was Scottish, and we lived there. And I lived there in a very young time of my life, a very formative time. So it was really kind of like a time where. I got married, I had a baby and I wasn't coming back. If I'd stayed married to Ralph, I would still be in, in England because I wasn't like this expat that was come over with Goldman Sachs and going back. That was my life and I had to really, and it was also very after post, uh, it was post-Thatcher, the beginning of John Major. So there were really no Americans. Now You, it's like any other city, but back then, You were an oddity to be. I remember this woman said to me, for God's sakes, another American in in the Boltons. I was like, yeah, I'm I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, so no. So, when you watch a show like that, do you feel like they do a pretty good job of like representing the characters and like what they were really like?
0: Because that. Well, I mean, I wasn't uh, hanging out with them. I don't know about the inner workings, but you know, I think the thing that i loved about living there and i I took to it like a fish to water i loved all that formality i loved the whole the way of life i mean i would have no problem moving back to london and i could do it in two seconds it would be as if i never left because i was there in such important years um and i still have a lot of friends you know london's like peeling an onion england's like that it takes a long time to get to it but once you get to it you're friends forever it's as if Some of the first people, when they heard about my book, I heard from all my friends in London and stuff. And even if they move all over the world, you still stay friends with them because it takes a while. You know, Americans tend to rev up quickly with each other and they have, it takes a while to get to that point when you live uh, abroad. But I would, you know, there may be a time when I move back. I was just discussing that with Hannah. I could see myself moving back to London. When I go back, it's the weirdest thing. I used to go back a lot because it's, I, I never, I, my whole thing is, I never went to the West Coast. I was, if I lived, you know, when I was back in New York, if I was going to spend that much time, I'd go back to to England because it's about the same as going to LA. And if I stay more than four or five days, it's as if I live there. Again, people are like, Darlene, would you like to come to the country house this weekend? I'm like, yeah, I think I would. I'd like <laughs> to go back to that whole thing.
1: Do they have a real Housewives of London? Oh, I was about thing, to say that. Yeah, that why would be awesome. Did,
0: ladies of London. Okay. And one of my great friends, Caroline Stansbury, was in it and i thought it was great i think they should have kept it on but for, but i you know i think it was kind of a hard translate people don't if unless you have lived in london you i don't know if sally from kansas really could relate to it you know what i mean mm-hmm. i could relate to it and i think a lot of people that live in new york and stuff maybe but it's definitely a definitely different way of life but it really is like that it's a different way of life
1: interesting You
2: I've seen you on the streets of New York City and you are very very good to the fans like when people know you you show them a good time I've seen you sitting at dinner and the table next to you knows you and you go out of your way to kind of just have like a really cool moment for them to give those people a really cool experience what who's come up to you like over the years that was just like holy shit this is awesome like a big star that was a fan of you or the housewives franchise.
0: You know that's a good question i mean we've i've had so many different people come up to you and people that surprise you that are offend i'm always surprised when like people that like I, it's it's not going to be anyone famous but i was at felix the other night uh the, you know the babe the sister of bill bouquet which is like my favorite place to go i just it, it i just love the whole feeling of it and there was a very 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 sort of upper east side pearl clad bun chanel jacket woman and I'm thinking, and she's looking at me and I'm thinking, oh, she must think, oh my God, what is that disgusting real choice of New York City media, right? Because I'm like, and she's like, I just love you. And I was like <laughs> You don't seem like you seem more like a metal club person, you know what I mean? So that you never want to it's not so much who, like the person or what they're doing. It's always like I think there's a little secret society of people that watch it that you would never think mm-hmm. about it. And you know, I I'm I'm lucky because I have a really great fan base. Like I'm, they're always pretty nice to me and happy to see me. Boy, my whole thing with the whole fan thing is is like how could you not be happy if someone's so happy to see you? Because you can see it in their eyes. It takes so much courage for them to come up to you and you're thinking, I'm always a little bit freaked out because they look at me and I look at them like, what what, what what's wrong? I mean, you know what I'm- and then they, it takes so much courage to come up and say something to you that how can you not be happy, right?
1: No, absolutely. Yeah, no. I I want to rewind. I want to be. How did you end up on Real Housewives? Like, let's go back to the beginning. Like, how did did you get a call? Did someone nominate you? It, like, how did I mean, that process go? My goodness.
0: Go? I mean, could you expect anyone better that they could? Have you? <laughs> my- <laughs> I'm highly insulted that you would even ask that question. <laughs> They broke the mold.
1: <laughs> uh, so we, you know, how did it happen? Just, like, what did they do? That
0: whole scenery. And you know, and I think that's the reason why when I came on, it was kind of a little bit seamless because I'd been on in the background a lot of times. I knew all the girls. I lived the life. We were always talking about it. You know, Jill Zarin was sort of the first person to. I remember her talking about Moms in New York. Moms in New York, they're doing Moms in New York. It was a big deal. And I just think it kind of, happened organically it, it, the timing wasn't right for me when they were first talking to women because hannah was little and she was at sacred heart and i was a single mom and it just wasn't yeah you know, everything's timing with that show and then when i married richard i was kind of slipping in and slipping out um in the background and ramona would always say you should come on and jill would say you should come on and luann you know and and then after richard passed when they asked me for the third time i just thought you know kind of suggested i thought why not you know hannah's at college richard's gone I think I'm just going to do something for myself. And I got to tell you something, it was one of the best things I did. I wouldn't have my book today if it weren't for it. So I'm not one of these housewives that walk away from it. They can't leave. It creates a lot of great platforms. It exposes you to a lot of great opportunities. I mean, I can open up a warehouse with the free stuff that people send me. It's crazy. I don't (laughs) even want to go to my my mail anymore. If used correctly, I mean, I think it really is creates a nice platform for you. Yeah. But you got to have a thick skin I mean you can't go into it and be hurt by people and be hurt that someone doesn't hate you because you weren't, you're not going to make it. It's not a show that you go into to be, you know, loved all the time. People are going to love you to death and people are going to hate you to death. And you have to just be able to roll with the punches.
2: Did you have a relationship with the other girls beforehand? And yes. like, did you guys know each other? Yeah. And wh- who was years. like the one you're closest I knew their
0: kids.
2: to? I so who was like the one you're closest parties to? Parties
0: and bat mitzvahs and baptisms. I mean, yeah, we had like long relationships, and I think that kind of showed through too, on the show.
1: So, so you how say much you get, does? Oh, sorry, Adam, go ahead.
2: No, I was going to say, but how much does their opinions decide on who's going to be on the show? You know, because so you
0: know, I'm not just saying this, Adam, gonna be being that person. We don't really, you know, they don't we don't really get involved in the process. People think that it's a funny thing. People have some like image that the housewives are fully engaged with all the production side and hanging out with Andy every day. But it really isn't, you know, you kind of get asked and you go and like, and a lot of times you wouldn't know until you started the show the next season. But I think that's good. One of the people that's afraid of, 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 you know, talking about my time on there because I kind of, as Lisa Renner would say, I kind of own it. You know, I don't have, and that's why when it was, when it was done, I don't know if you noticed, but I just never went on this rampage of talking about it or talking to people or I just, I don't, I don't have that kind of thing. You know, everything has a beginning, a middle and an end. And people make decisions for a variety of reasons and you can't take it personally. And you just listen, I wouldn't have written this book. I wouldn't have done the system thing. I wouldn't be doing this Airbnb. I wouldn't be looking. I came out with my own bourbon. This is beautiful. I've got to do this after, you know, I've come out with a camp. There's just you got to focus on the positive sides of all the opportunity.
1: No, absolutely. And it absolutely.
0: Is. No, absolutely. I mean, if I had five of me to do work every day, you could just, you know, some people are much better at it than I do. I just get tired and I'm too hands on. Like I, I, if I have to learn anything about this whole process, I need to learn to like delegate better. Cause I want to have my hands in everything. I can't even let someone like, make a pasta without me getting involved in it my channel will be like do you like i'm gonna just make some pasta i'm like hold on move aside just make sure you put some more of this wait a second just move out of here just let me do it like <laughs> I, can't, I can't release control
1: yeah so listen i've never written a book before and i feel that it would be like exposing some like some parts would probably be very hard to write was there a part in this book that did take a lot of courage to put out there or stuff that maybe you didn't need the world to know, but you said, Hey, I want my readers to know about this at the end of the day.
0: Well, I'm a pretty transparent person. I think people knew me, but they didn't know I wanted people to know me better. Um, you know, I think it was kind of I thought people were surprised that I think people were kind of surprised that I definitely suffered from an eating disorder. I never really talked about it on the show. Um, but you know, it it was a part of my life. It was part of my growth. I had to you know, work through that. And there was a lot of reasons why I went through it. And of course, I really, I really enjoyed, I, I really enjoyed going through the steps of having Hannah again. Not that I never not remembered how great it was, but to really walk through it and remember that moment. And remember that I was on my own because I was living in London. And back then, you know, I didn't grow up with a lot of money and stuff. So my parents couldn't just fly out whenever I said I was in labor. So I really just had rough there. And to think about, That would be like i thought about when i was writing it like if hannah
1: because i'm in a
0: different position and hannah's in a different position no matter where she was in the world that i would drop everything and fly out right Mm -hmm. but i didn't have that privilege you know i had to call my mom and say on a phone you know what i mean like this because there was no cell phones yet say i'm going to the hospital i'll try to call you you know when i'm and i'm so close to my mother that i can imagine that must have been very hard for her i asked her she said oh yeah your father and i felt terrible and and we were worried to death right and yeah. i think obviously the the journey of walking richard to yeah you know, to dying was was really t- difficult in fact when i did the audiobook i just couldn't get through it i literally was like okay i'm good. i'm going to start it and i would just start talking about it because it's a weird thing you know when when you, when someone dies and then you sort of talk about it in the past tense you sort of restore them in your mind and they're what you remember them at their best right you don't think about them in that terrible state they were in when you had to walk them you know back home to wherever they go next so walking through and remembering and sort of visualizing richard came back to me as that person and i was like oh i don't want to remember that for him you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that was very difficult because i felt I felt sad that he got to go. He had to go through it. I felt sad that we had to go through it. I felt very proud of the way he handled it, and I felt very proud of the way my family handled it. You know, <laughs> it's so crazy. You know,
1: I, I mean, listen. This is this is real raw emotion. I think that's what yeah. people are going to get out of this book, and I think.
0: You and know, my daughters, my stepdaughter, stepson and my daughter, they were just so brave. You know, I just I forgot about that because it was such a, you know, when someone Pat, when someone's dying, it's all about them. Everything, everything. You can't even think, you know, you're not hungry. You're not tired. You're not sleepy. You even aren't even a good mother. You're just like, oh, my God, that person, that person. Oh, my God. So to think about, you know, you're just thinking about the person. But then to write about it, to think about there were so many moving parts in, in his journey. Right. To to bring him back home and stuff. That I said to Hannah after, you know, thank you. Because I, I clearly was not <laughs> that attentive during that time. And, and I'm, and I'm what, sorry.
1: And what, do, I'm assuming your daughter has read the book as yeah, she comes in and helped said. helped me
0: through every chapter because she's a huge academic. She's a big writer. She, it comes very easily to her. And she really helped pull it out of me and say, don't, she kept saying to me, don't be afraid. Like share it. People love when you share, mom. You know, that's something they love about you, you know if they don't like it too bad, it's your journey. It's okay. And it was so good. So I would do it and then she would sit and read it and she would sort of really help me have peace with it and let it go. Because, you know, it's lonely writing. It's a lonely thing and it's scary, right? Because I'm the one that said it, say it, forget it, write it, regret it. I mean, I said that and now I'm defying my own, my own preachings
2: yeah i mean the the book make it nice it's uh again i i I strongly encourage the listeners to go check it out it's available where all books are sold simon schuster behind it it's a major book publisher behind it so it's pretty pretty awesome you know there's a lot of life lessons in this book as someone reads this book you know and they and they reflect on this book what's the one thing you want them to take away from reading this book one lesson believe
0: in yourself you know believe in yourself don't listen to the outside noise because you gotta you know your intuition is everything and I sometimes didn't follow my intuition and as I've gotten older like I'm I've I've really learned to listen to my intuition if it doesn't taste good look good feel good seem right don't do it and when I haven't followed my intuition something just happened last week I'm not going to get into it, but something happened <laughs> where I had said a couple months ago, mm, I just don't feel right about it. Mm, I just don't like the way that feels. And my goodness, it didn't turn out right. Yeah. yeah. So follow your intuition and believe in yourself. I know that sounds so simple, but it's hard to believe in yourself. It is. There's a lot of noise out there. And self-doubt is a terrible thing.
2: Yeah. And During don't the, be
0: afraid of making, you know, the fear of mistakes. Like if I could say to my younger self, uh, you know, be, be, don't be so fucking afraid. So what if you fail? It's okay. It's not the end of the world.
2: Yeah. That, I want to ask you: If I'm at a bar and I see you, I'm gonna buy you a drink. What's your go-to drink?
0: Well, now I've been drinking. I've been drinking a lot of my bourbon and soda because I love it with fresh mint. But everybody knows. Come on, you know what my drink is. I have like uh, one of my famous sayings. I, martinis, but- dirty martinis. They're like breasts. Two are great, three are too many. Yeah, are a lot of
2: people. But how do you deal with like fans at you know at a restaurant? They want to send you over a drink. You know, do you do you accept it? Or I you drink
0: just, them. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I deal with it.
2: But you ever get to a point like, fuck, I'm getting, I'm getting pretty hammered right now. Like it's like,
0: yeah, well, I don't know. Listen, that was in the beginning. You know, I used to be much better at that. To tell you the truth, I, you know, listen, obviously it's been COVID and quarantine and stuff, but I'm much more careful about that because otherwise literally you will, I remember once I was at, um, I think it was Bill Bouquet again, and people kept sending me over martinis and I'm thinking, oh my God, you're right. You get slashed now. I'm like, no, 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 that's great. Thank you so much. Just, you know, I try to not, and I tell the waiters don't send over drinks because people will, because it's a calling card. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I can see that. that. You
1: know, one thing I did want to ask you, so people that have actually got an advanced copy of your book that have read it, has there been anything that they've reached out to you and said, I was really surprised that about this moment or that you you talked about this, something that I think there's going to be, like you're going to get a pretty big response from like the general public when everyone starts to get their hands on the book?
0: It's funny. The response so far has been like, you know, they, people feel like they know me a little better. Like someone said to me the other day, I knew you, but now I feel like I really knew you, even though even people that are close to me, because I've been, it's an interesting thing that I learned about myself writing the book. Like whatever chapter I'm in in my life, I kind of, I'm really there. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a big person to talk about what was, you know, I sort of like kind of live in the moment. So someone that was quite close to me said, I didn't really realize that you like lived, lived in London. I'm like, well, yeah, I told you I lived there for almost a decade. They said, yeah, but you didn't act like you really live live there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's funny. Um, I think people get to know me. And I just think people, um, probably what I hope and what I was really proud of myself is like I was a lot, I'm a lot stronger than I I I imagined I am. Like, I'm a pretty strong woman <laughs> and mother and wife and human and daughter. And you know, like I really feel good about that. I feel like I've sort of, you know, done the best I could. And like, I've I've made a lot of people proud and, you know, obviously sometimes haven't done that great of a job, but I got through it. You know, it's
2: all's good. Do you think you'd get married again?
0: Hmm. You know, I never say never to anything. I would love to have a, I I was just talking to someone about, Oh, I was taking talking to Garcelle about this the other day. She, I did her podcast. It would be great now that sort of, uh, things of after going through COVID and things, I wouldn't, it's so funny because the, the, I, you know, I look at Ralph and Ralph is such a great husband. We're still very close, but I couldn't marry him again. Richard was so, such an important part of my life, but I've evolved so much. Like, I don't even know if Richard would recognize me so much anymore. Like, I don't know. 10 years on, he's going to be past 10 years. I'm such a different person than I was when Richard met me because I wanted to be that person, wife and mother and caretaker and yeah, Mr. Medley take care of stuff. And I love that part of it. And it was so great and so fun because I had a little, you know, young daughter and I love taking care of kids and running homes. Like who would Derinda Medley meet now? Maybe what? Well, Maybe a crazy wonder... professor? I don't know.
1: I always wonder how like celebrities then like start dating people. Like I know it sounds silly, but like it's a real question because you got to think alternative motives and stuff. Like, how would how do you meet guys out there? You know what I'm saying? Like, how does that happen?
0: You're asking me. <laughs> Someone said to me the other night, "What's your go-to move at bet- in bed?" I said, "Sleep." That's so good. You're asking me. I mean, I did join this dating site, the League. And I kind of like, it. just, I, even last night, the person's like, we kind of did the back and forth, back and forth. Then they ask for your personal number. So then you do us. That's another step closer. And then last night, he's like, well, if you're in the city next week, let's meet for a drink. I'm like, I don't want to do that. That's a, now we're getting too real here. Can we just keep the back and forth?
2: Yeah, that
1: is so funny. But I think
2: also New York City, you're in the best city to date because it's kind of convenient. It doesn't take too much effort to like walk downstairs and get a drink or. Well, that's and it. Somebody- we're
0: in a very pedestrian city, New York, and also too, I like people, so I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't really think, oh, it's so hard to meet people, it's so hard to meet men. I just think it's more organic, you know. And I have a lot of great friends, and I go to a lot of different great things. I think ultimately, if I were to guess. I think like I went to something last week and if I, my life weren't so crazy, I would have followed up. I think I'm going to end up at a dinner party. I go to a lot of dinner parties and one of my friends is going to introduce me to one of their friends. That's just who I am. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So yeah. Dorinda, we, we play this game on here. It's called fan question roulette. All right. So our fans submit videos of them asking questions. The thing is, they don't know who our guests are going to be. So oh. they just have to ask a question We play it and you answered. Are you down to play it?
0: Why not? Go ahead.
1: All right, Pat, can you play the first video for us? Because.
0: Hi, my name is Shannon and this is three. And we are wondering what would be your weapon of choice in a zombie apocalypse? (laughs) Well, of course, Hellman's Mayonnaise. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) I don't blame you. (laughs) We get some really
1: random ass questions on here. All right uh you know i think we have one more pat we have one more right
2: our question is if you had the opportunity to rename peanut butter you could call it anything else you wanted you got to pick it what would
0: you call it
1: <laughs> well, geez, that's a random if question but i kind of
0: like it. peanut butter what would you call it i would call it sticky mudge <laughs> i kind of like that
1: dude. i got to i, gotta, I think that could sell well. Dorinda, you might want to get into peanut butter after booze. Head to peanut butter. You got books, yeah. booze, a
0: sticky much sandwich, a
1: sticky much sandwich. <laughs> All right. So,
2: so we do a quick speed round, where it's just kind of random, quick questions. Just first thing that comes to your mind, uh, you know. So we'll kind of get right into it. Dax, I'll start off. Best right. bar in New York City. Bevelman Bar.
1: Best restaurant in New York.
0: La Baloo.
2: Restaurant in New York City that you will always run into a celebrity?
0: Restaurant in New York City? Oh, probably Indochine. Okay. Interesting.
1: If you weren't on The Real Housewives of New York, what city would you want to appear on?
0: If I weren't on New York, what city would I want to appear on? I think I'd be great in New Jersey. (laughs)
1: Okay. See that? Uh,
2: What is the most expensive purse you
1: own? My Birkins. All right. Best hidden gem
0: in New York. Best hidden gem in New York is probably, huh. Seems I feel like I'm so far away from like that kind of thing because so we haven't gone out. The best hidden gem in New York City. God, you got me on this one. I would say. Well, the best hidden gem for me in New York City is. Obviously, uh, it's not hidden, but I just think the most underrated gem is Central Park. I think Central Park is the go to for everything. I just, it amazes me every time the seasons. It just amazes me that we can be in the city and in 15 minutes, I can walk for 10 minutes and like feel like I'm, I'm bird watching. If you go to the bird watching part of Central Park, there are real bird watchers like that do things like this to you. <laughs> well, I'm a, we're in new york city like you should be able to talk to me like that we're not in like you don't know I even mean? all
2: right
0: uh, isn't it true
2: no you're 100 right i'm a huge central park guy I, and I the love tennis
0: it. courts in new york city if you ever want to laugh your head off take an early sunday morning and go to the tennis courts in new york city the cast of characters that are there these older men fighting with each other Playing tennis, and they've probably been doing it for 50 years, okay? It is like watching a, a, a movie, a Woody <laughs> Allen movie. I, I, I love it.
2: Okay. Uh, the one food everyone loves but you can't get into.
0: The one food that everyone loves but I can't get into. God, you guys, the one food that everyone loves that that's not me i like all food i will eat anything and i will try anything i really don't, i don't have food hey listen i didn't grow up rich enough to have food allergies and all that my mother would be like uh i'll give you a food allergy we'll in a days. That's not how we you're not it. It allowed to be to gluten-free house. i can't imagine if i said to my mother i'm lactose and collagen i would she would no we I don't.
1: <laughs> all right my last question what is the one book everyone needs to go out and buy right now make
0: it nice and yeah download the audible because it's my boy.
2: <laughs> yes yes during the congratulations I with the book i am
0: not very good at that quick rounds i'm sorry about no that.
2: no no it's so
1: i good. i love it it's 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 hard to think on your feet like that of like but you know trying to think of something great
0: in new york city now because it's a, a great question ab, ab, ab have closed all the old school places have closed
2: yeah i'm trying to think of something like that the could
0: speakeasies be... remember all those great little mm-hmm. speakeasies they're gone
2: it's just not the same i mean my thing i used i still love uh, like just McDougal street but it's not the same sort of McDougal street anymore you right? know washington square park was like my i didn't need to go to a jazz club because washington square park there's just jazz and now it's like a travis scott music video so it's uh
0: but i will say if you do want to laugh go to the bird watching I take, I took my friend uh, Wendy there the other day. People are very serious. Like they, they they talk in that voice and they have all the equipment and the jackets on and like yeah. Like you I, I was thinking to myself, maybe I should take up bird watching. Like wouldn't yeah. that be cool?
1: But then you gotta shush people. Do you really want to be a shusher?
0: Yeah. yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well Dorinda I'm like, they, what are
0: you, hey, what do you the lady looked at me, I was like, what are you looking? at? She's like she looked at me like, What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> <I> <laughs> and then of that. course I wanted to get my New York moment Like what the fuck is wrong with you
1: like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, Well Duranda, thank you so much for coming on the Hollywood Raw podcast You've been great It's, uh, it's good congratulations with the book It's yeah. going to be uh, I think it's going to do very very well Keep doing what you're doing You're sending out good vibes And, uh, and the people respond to it are, are oh, respond Thank to it you Amazing. for
0: having me That was a lot of
1: fun Oh well, that was fun I like that She was good dude She was great dude she she was Awesome She Really, for you know, I—that's why people love her so much from Real Housewives because she's got a fantastic personality. She doesn't hold back. She's honest. You know, uh, I think this book will do well for her. Um, Yeah, I—I I don't know. i, I really. I feel that like that she, she's
2: someone you want like want to hang out with, like totally. I put her from our previous guest. I put her into like the Kelly Osborne, Melissa Rivers type people that like I want to hang out with and bullshit with. You yeah. know um as a new yorker i'm always interested in like hey where do you hang out what's your favorite spot so it's very it's a little bit closer to home for me um but she's definitely interesting and i i get the appeal of her you know she's in a good mood she's got good spirit she's got good energy and i think her book's gonna do very very well so it's uh it's great to have her on the podcast um and she's got a lot of exciting things coming out so it's uh it's pretty cool um yeah, we could check out this podcast. We have a video portion of this podcast that's on YouTube, which you um, can
1: see her sitting inside of Bluestone Manor the whole time. So Blue if you want to watch her and do this interview, you can head on over to YouTube. Yes,
2: and uh also you got check out the Hollow Raw, Raw podcast. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. TikTok, we're on it all. Make sure the TikTok's blowing up. It's doing really well. It's a really fun account to follow.
1: And if you uh, feel like you've missed an episode, head on to HollywoodRaw.com. We never really mentioned HollywoodRaw.com. I don't know why. I mean, we've there's a lot of resources and video and all kinds of really just cool shit up on HollywoodRaw.com. Um, so head there as well. Sign the best up for did,
2: Yes, and the best thing you do to support this podcast once again is leave a review, five star only. Say a few kind words. And uh, it really helps out with the algorithm. really helps us out. Find me at, at AdamZim, G-L-Y-N. You can find Daxel at D-A-X-H-O-L-T. we'll see you guys uh, next week. that Media
0: Productions.